Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. So I realized I didn't do this in the first service, but you may not know me. My name is Dr. Yenny Abraham. How are we doing today? I'm a leader here at the Gap Church, and I'm also blissfully married to that hot guy over there in the back. And I'm somebody's mama now. My boy is also there in the back, so we give God the glory. Um, I'm so excited. Who knows what's the name of this series that we are entering into? All right, so I need at least tell your neighbor what the new series is. Say, did you know that we're going into a series about dating and courtship? Just tell them, tell your neighbor, because some people may not have heard. You know, people are so funny when you say that you're doing a series on dating and courtship, they just won't come to church. You know, they're like, oh, no, because once I hear it, then I'm accountable for it. And, you know, but that's crazy, right? We want people to be in the house. And so over the next month, in the month of February, honestly, I might low-key be biased because it's my birthday month. February is the best month, period. (laughs) But in this short and sweet love month, we are going to be taking a journey together. Tell somebody it's a journey. All right. And so we're not looking for any overnight miracles, right? And by far, I am not coming here to share all these opinions. I've really been spending a lot of time in God's word to bring you for some biblical truths and some um, downloads of revelation. So I pray that you will listen in these next couple of weeks. But moreover, the Bible tells us that in the multitude of counselors, there is what? Safety, right? So I want us to understand that this territory of dating, relationships, marriage is a territory that requires a lot of counsel. It's not a territory you go in by yourself. It's not a territory that you think you know everything. It's not a territory that you think you can get all the, 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 the nuggets from by watching TikToks and looking at YouTubers with the, vlogging their love life. That is not reality, right? Everybody, and I want everyone to hear this from the depths of my, everyone in this room deserves love. Yeah. Clap for that. That's good, right? Everyone. I don't care the mistakes you've made. I don't care if you feel like you've messed up. I don't feel like, I don't care if you feel like you've gotten it wrong so many times. I don't even care if you feel like you're the toxic person. But I want in the next four weeks for us to enter into this journey of undoing and unlearning so we can learn the right things. Because everyone in this place deserves love. Everyone. Do, are, are you tracking with me? So everyone in here deserves love. And so, and sometimes, you know, I was listening to a podcast earlier this week and it was or was actually a radio show and they were talking about how you know this generation no longer values marriage right that in fact people are so jaded that they would much rather hustle get their money live their own life and no longer be in companionship can everybody agree that a lot of people are like I'm over it you know and the funny thing is yeah she said that's crazy because it is right and I really know that it is a it is the attack of the enemy on this generation Because imagine if we don't have enough marriages, that means we will have more single parents, because people still gonna have sex, okay? We will have more single parents, meaning that we will have more broken homes and more distorted vision of what a godly household is supposed to look like, right? And when you have men who have only been raised by women, or you have women who have only been raised by men, You have people who now have a distorted vision of their gender. Well, let's go there. Yeah. So so 
all of this is so connected in the enemy's plan to destroy the kingdom. Because one of the key parts of the pillar is godly marriages. When we have godly marriages, we have fruitfulness. We have tithers. We have people who are stable in the house of God, right? Let's be honest. When you're single, like, if you get a new job, you might leave the city. Let's be honest. There are sometimes when you're single, you don't really always have things that are, quote, unquote, committing you. Thank God for the Gap House, though, because the Gap Church, rather, because a lot of us are really committed in this place. Give yourself a clap. But the honest truth is when you are married and we have marriages, we have what we call stability, stability in the kingdom. We have people that can finance the kingdom because two is always better than one. And even though the Bible, it tells us that, you know, the Bible, I love this scripture. I believe it's in the book of Ecclesiastics. It says that Ecclesiastics, say that three times fast, Ecclesiastics, that when one person lays by themselves, they, be, they, can be, they will be cold. But when another person lays next to them, they receive warmth. So you have to know that God cares about you coming into alignment and being with your forever person. And by the way, do you not realize this? I realize this. Let me tell you all this funny story. So I was probably, when I was single, I was like always traveling. I mean, I still travel a lot now, but I was always traveling, trying to, you know, be in somebody's country, living my best life. And so I might have been on a plane ride back from maybe like D.C. or something. And I remember journaling my thoughts about the trip. And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me clearly, you're going to spend more time being married than you are single in your lifetime. And I'm like, you know, that's true, but you don't really like hit with it. So at the point at the time, I may have been like 24 or 25. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me (laughs) that I'm going to spend more of my life with one other person than I am by myself? Think about it. So that all of a sudden makes it a weighty decision, but it also makes it a decision that requires a lot of individual work, right? Because ultimately, and this is for the commitment foes in the room, hello, folks that are so scared that one person, oh, I don't know, you know those people that get on the podcast and they talk about, oh, monogamy isn't natural for a man, not lie, stop listening to them. Monogamy is totally possible, okay? And let's not be mistaken that in the Old Testament when we saw polygamy, it was, it was a cultural thing. It wasn't because... That was actually biblical. It was a culture, right? And you all know Rachel, Leah, the problems they had because homeboy had too many wives, right? So it is a, I'm telling you, it is entirely possible to be with the same person every single day and keep falling in love with them and enjoy a full life of bliss. It is a hundred. Don't let nobody lie to you. It is real. It is completely possible to keep being in love. Clap for that with the same person over and over again and building a life together. Don't let anyone fool you, okay? And so in the next four weeks, I want you to also be open that maybe what you saw grow up isn't the actual template. Maybe the the things that you saw growing up wasn't actually right. Let's not forget that a lot of our parents may have not known Christ. Or maybe they did know Christ, but they followed doctrine so much that it impacted the way their marriage was. That's going to go over some people's head, but that's also going to free some people who maybe saw gender roles in such a way that's like, I don't ever want a man to lord over me like that, Right? Maybe we saw voiceless mothers that made us not ever want to be with a man who would tell us what to do. We're going to go there. Let's talk about it, right? Or maybe we saw complacent fathers who didn't know how to provide for their family and the mother had to do all the work. Let's talk about it. 
But no matter what you saw growing up, no matter what you think you know, I want you to unlearn. Unlearn it all. Give God a chance to teach you something different. Now, I want to begin with this. There are key things that prepare the individual to be in alignment and walk towards their marital destiny. They have to be physically prepared, mentally prepared, spiritually prepared, financially prepared, and they must be mature. Like I said in the earlier services, I said physical, mental, financial, spiritual, and maturity is so key. Honestly, the one that is probably the least relevant out of the five I just told you is finances. I know that might sound hard for some people to hear, but you can be broke and get it right. Hello. And I know, don't, don't come for me, Christians, that the spiritual thing is not as important as we think. Because a lot of people who are not in Christ, why have they still been married 30, 40 years? There's some key practical principles that you can apply and not even in Christ, and it works. To be a faithful person to one person doesn't take prayer. It takes discipline. It's your values, right? To decide that I'm going to be romantic and love on somebody. for the, That don't take going to church and praying. That's a personal characteristic that one builds up. Are you tracking with me? So maybe you've been fasting and binding and loosening. For my husband must come by. Listen, sis. By all means, stay in your prayer closet, but also get out of the prayer closet and get to work. We don't talk about this in Christendom, right? We just put so much emphasis. And so we take this scripture where Paul says that, you know, if you're burning with lust, that you should hurry up and get married. And we take that and we run with it. And we're doing so many young Christians a disservice by telling them that their sexual appetite should only be solved in marriage. And that is the only reason why they should marry. And we forgot to teach them how to be a good savers and how to be faithful and how to be consistent and how to show up and love somebody day in and day out, how to get along with in-laws. We forget to teach them all of that. Because after the sex is done, and you guys look at each other, like I said, the bills still got to get paid. Hello. Life still, you still have to deal with his crazy mom. Hello. Right? You still have, you still have to figure out a way to make decisions together. There's nothing worse than making a life decision with someone who has a completely different mentality than you. It's true. Right? I was talking about earlier when I talk a little bit about the pillars later, that you can really be having so you have somebody that you guys have the best sex of your life, but you argue all day. You know it's possible. It's possible. There's a reason why you see some people that like, dang, you still ain't left him alone. Yeah. <laughs> because it don't take getting along to have good sex, crazy or not. So make no mistake. Let's, let's, we'll talk about sex, but let's be honest that it takes more than that to keep up with a good, healthy relationship. So today's title of the message is, what's love got to do with it? Tell your neighbor what's love got to do with it. Well, tell another neighbor what's love. What's love got to do with it? Not y'all singing the song, Tina Turner, bless the Lord. 
Y'all seen the movie, What's Love Got to Do with, you know, Tina Turner running, it was Angela Bassett running away from Ike, bless her heart. So there are four types of love I want to educate on us real quick because we have a couple of things to get into. The first type of love is feel a love. Tell your neighbor, feel a love. It's brotherly love, all right? It's the identifier of a Christ follower. Look this up later on, John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. Literally, the way that identifies us as Christians is our ability to love one another. So feel a love, that's P-H-I-L-A, L-I-A, so feel a love. Then there's agape love. That's the one that a lot of us may know about. So agape love is God's immeasurable, incomparable love, right? That is God's love to us and mankind. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So you cannot give somebody else agape love. You can only receive agape love from God. But you can give someone else in the Gap Church feel a love, brotherly love. Then also there is something called storge. Storge love is family love. The affection between family members. It's like the affection and the, uh, the relationship between a mother and their child. Mary and Martha had lust or J love for their brother Lazarus, right? That's what, that's what makes you care so much about your siblings if you do, you know? <laughs> and of course, like I said earlier, one of the things that we're going to spend a lot of time on in this month is talking about family problems, a lot of us come from really distorted issues with our family that's in part impacting the way that we receive and show love. So we're going to go there, right? Because sometimes some of you never grew up in a household where you heard I love you. Let's, let, let's talk about it, right? And it's messing you up. So now homeboy is texting you, man, I'm really, I'm really feeling you. I really want to be with you. Why are you doing that? No, sis, that's regular, but you're receiving it wrong because in your mind, you're conditioned to receive something else. And that's why you're so attracted to somebody who will say crazy things to you, right? That's why, you know, you hear some people like, I can't be with no relationship. We don't argue. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I see some people like, yeah, if we not arguing, like, how do we know it's passionate? No, that's not good. <laughs> that's toxic. The last type of love, which we really want is eros. It's reserved for marriage. It's the physical, sensual intimacy between a husband and wife that expresses sexual romantic attraction. So let's not spend too much time defining it so y'all don't get any ideas. Us, Song of Solomon. Let's go to the Song of Solomon. And like I said, for those who of you who are ever scared of going to the Song of Solomon because you think you're sinning, it's in the Bible. Song of Solomon, we're going to go to chapter 8, verse 4. Let's talk a little bit more about Eros love. All right, so I'm going to read from the NIV. Or Okay, y'all got my scripture for me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Clap for them. Yes. So I'll read the NIV verse, and then I'll read that. The Bible says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. The Passion Translation says, promise me brides-to-be, also grooms-to-be, by the gentle gazelles and delicate deer, that you will not disturb my love until he is ready to arise. Please give me the message translation. Y'all got it? That's okay, I got mine if y'all don't have it. So let's go to the message translation of Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4. The Bible says, oh, let me warn you, sisters in Jerusalem, don't excite love, don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. Why I love looking at these different versions is because it's pointing at the same thing. Two key things there. There's a ripeness and a readiness, 
right? Almost a similar way, ripe and ready. Have you ever eaten fruit that's not ripe? It's bitter. And if you are not ready, you're going to walk into a lot of bitterness and brokenheartedness. I want you to understand that. Maybe you've been running in some, a lot of problems because you're not ready. That's a hard truth. Sometimes you want what you're not ready for. Have you ever tried to go to the gym and lift a weight that you've not been conditioned to lift? Have you ever tried, you know, you're trying to be, you're trying to be hard guy, hard guy. Bench press, you know, 200. Bro, you just started lifting 100. What happens when you lift something that's too heavy for you? It injures you. And a lot of us have been injured and broken. And so there is a ripeness that is required, a preparedness that is required. And a lot of times, if we are willing to do the work to prepare the ground of our lives, the foundation of our lives, it will produce ripeness. Imagine if you never watered a plant. You never put it in a condition where it could receive sunlight. You never did anything to it. What are the chances that it will actually grow? Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why certain people, they've devoted their entire life to growing bananas, to growing plantains, to growing apples. They know that it takes a certain technique to get it to its ripeness. Because there's nothing worse than when a storm comes or an issue comes and it wipes up their entire crop, they lose out. So everyone knows that there's a way, a strategy to get towards ripeness. So why do you feel like you don't need to do certain things to get yourself ready? And I know you feel like you're the master, you know everything because you've dated. You've, you've heard all the stories. You've been on hinge for like six months. Don't be holy, I know y'all be on there. It's hard out here, I know. Match.com did not work out. And then you found yourself on Tinder and that was a hot mess, right? But per- perhaps you just were not ready. So let's talk about preparedness. I want you to remember that God cares about your marital destiny. Let's look at chapter, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15 to 23. The book of Proverbs chapter 5, 15 to 23, and I'm going to read. The Bible tells us, drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. Should your springs overflow in the streets, your streams of water in the public squares, Let them be yours alone. Never be shared with strangers. Hmm. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let's stop there. There was so much to unpack here. Drink water from your own cistern, running water from your own well. If you have found that you keep ending up in this weird talking phase for months, stop playing with somebody else's husband. Yeah. It says drink from your own cistern. I remember when I was single and I heard a revelation. I got a revelation about, oh, all these guys I'm dating, that's somebody else's husband. I was like, go for a beat. So that means somebody else is with my own husband? You know? I was like, started to pray. And I remember I prayed this prayer, crazy prayer, that Lord blind the eyes of my husband wherever he is, that he will not see anything he's not supposed to. I'm mysterious. You know, because I was like, dang, when you realize you've been doing that, he better not be doing that too. But the honest truth is we have our own portion, our own cistern, right? And so every single time you find yourself and it's just not clicking, like you know, you know when you're not in the right thing, right? You know the only thing that you two have in common is sex. 
and infatuation and lust. Let's be honest. You know you're trauma bonded. You know that you only together because it's convenient. You know that there's no unique purpose about you. You're just there just catching vibes, right? Like Dara says, just vibes. You know that. So why are you wasting your time? And maybe deep down inside you're thinking, well, if she could just get her life together or if he could just figure this out, it'll work. Please, I beg you in the name of God, stop holding on to false hope. Release it. Release it. You cannot patch up something that's dysfunctional. You get what I'm saying? That person can be a great person, but they ain't for you. Release them so they can be with the right person. And stop holding on and trying to figure out a way to make him who he's not. So the Bible tells us in verse 17, let them be yours alone. Never be shared with strangers. May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Verse 19, a loving doe, a graceful deer. May her breast satisfy you always and may you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another woman's wife? Told y'all. Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? For your ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all your paths. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sin hold them fast. Verse 23, the lack of discipline, for lack of discipline, they will die. Led astray by their own great folly. Please give me the passion translation of that scripture. I want us to get deeper here. The passion or the message, either one, of the verse 23, Proverbs 5.23. Y'all got it? If you don't, I got it. All right, let's go to Proverbs. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, I love this. It says, death is the reward for an undisciplined life. Your foolish decisions trap you in a what? Dead end. Hello. That just freed somebody. That's why you keep ending up in the wrong place, because you don't have discipline. You keep ending up in it. That's why it's not going further because you're not disciplined. Let me tell you that you cannot expect to really fulfill your marital destiny if you lack discipline. And I know this is hard for a lot of people to understand, but let's look at Jesus Christ, for example. When he was here on the earth, he only had 33 years to fulfill the mandate on his life. And I look at the way he behaved. A lot of times he would remove himself from the disciples, go and pray. He would, you know, go, go and withdraw himself and fast. He lived a very disciplined life. In order for him to fulfill his purpose, he required discipline. You are no better than Jesus. In order for you to fulfill your marital purpose, you, desire, you need discipline. Right? You're messy. You don't clean your house. Hello? You've not done your laundry since January 2nd. Oh, yeah. But sitting there. Lack of discipline. Or some of my guys, they're always waiting for their mom to, to do their laundry for them. Yeah. Let's be honest. You don't cook at all. It's always eating out, eating out, eating out. You don't know how to cook. Lack, lack of discipline. And you're like, oh, I don't know why I'm gaining weight. Hello. <laughs> lack of discipline. I'm not, no shade. Of course, you know, if you're, you're heavier set, you're heavier set. But I'm talking about when you know that it's your habits that are causing what you're dealing with. That's the issue. Right? So think about it. Discipline. You say today, ah, I'm going to be vegan for 30 days. Do or die. <laughs> Sorry, Anu. 
Before you know it, tomorrow, wait, uh, sister, what are you doing at Chick-fil-A? Like, what, what are we here? Ah, uh, yeah, they got Chick-fil-A got a vegan menu now. So, indiscipline is costing you so much. And let me tell you why it's so crucial, because there is no way that you can say that you want to be in alignment with someone and truly reach the purpose or reach the destination of marriage without discipline. It will affect you. Because you always wonder, and let's be honest, you know you ever have those friends that like suddenly like, oh, everything was just going so well, I don't know why you just broke up with her. Because sometimes people will start to notice like, hey, I have to remind her to do something all the time. That's, that gets annoying. Who wants to, you know the Bible tells us that who wants to live, in a life with, uh, live a life with a contentious woman? Maybe you're a nagging per- personality, you just nag. You don't know how to let things go. Oh, don't forget you're supposed to do this. Don't forget you're supposed to do this. I'm like, I heard you the first time. That's costing you. Little, little things. The Bible says it's little foxes that get us in trouble. Sometimes it's not the big things. You think, and this is why I say we don't, we need to stop putting so much major on the things that are not as major. We're putting so much emphasis thinking that, oh, I need to, you know, I need to make sure that I have a, I'm driving a luxury car. You know, I need to make sure I'm, I have enough money in my bank account to go and approach this girl. Lies. If she's with you for the money, it will show over time. You have headache. Don't try to pursue something you can't maintain. That's another story for another day. No, let me actually go there because this is important. <laughs> I'm being honest. Guy, if you know they, they raised you on rice and beans and you're looking to give a girl caviar, you know you cannot manage the cat. No, let's be honest. Conti- find a girl that will eat your rice and beans. Stop. Why are you stressing your life? <laughs> let's be honest. Why are you stressing your life? You think because you have small tech money now, you just... <laughs> Nah, like, nah, you know, I'm, I need a Bentley Bottega, you know, like, you better put her in your Honda Accord and keep it pushing, you know, that's the honest truth. So, so, and that's what messing a lot of guys up, you over here trying to get something you can't maintain and it's causing problems. Because let's be honest, it's difficult to convince somebody that you don't got it if that's what you're always showing. Yeah, so, so, so you need to go back to indiscipline. If you know that you really can't afford this lifestyle you're approaching, skim down on your finances. Do what you can so you're not attracting the girls that you can't maintain and vice versa. If you know that you're not the kind of girl that cooks every day, why is it every time he comes you must cook him a five-star meal? I want to show him I got it, but you don't do it. For real, for real. You know you was watching Briggy's Kitchen to get recipes. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you know you don't know what you're doing. You know you picked up that jollof rice from your mom's house to try to prove something to him. I'm being honest. Let's, we need to stop being fake. You get what I'm saying? It's different when you're trying. Obviously, I know a lot of us were trying to impress somebody, right? But over time, it gets hard to maintain that. Because real recognize real, y'all. And eventually, the jig is going to be up. He's going to know that you can't cook, sis. So give him that indomie and keep it pushing. So you can't maintain or get anything in this life if the center of you, you're not disciplined. So there are many reasons why marriages fail. And many of them have to do with individual problems. They have to do with individual uh, problems, 
baggage, trauma, and complexities. I want us to understand that. The reason why marriages fail is because of the individual. So why I say this is because you must be whole. You don't have to be perfect, but you must be whole. I, I really want to emphasize that stop looking for your other half. They don't exist. And you sure as heck don't want somebody that's a half. Because before you know it, you're trying to be whole and make up for his half. It's tough. So I, I want to really encourage you, be whole. Be whole within yourself. Deal with the problems. Deal with the baggage. Deal with the trauma. It is not fair to constantly grab your trauma. He just has to understand that's who I am. No, it's not. That's not. Do, if you need to do deliverance, do your deliverance. If you need to do your prayer to deal with your bad attitude, do with it. There's a reason your attitude is always stank. Let's be honest. Deal with it. Don't just say, oh, he's just going to have to handle it. No. Because if I'm being honest, and I see this all the time, what a lot of us are frustrated thinking there's no good guys, there's no good women out here. That's not true. I'm in a room full of really great eligible bachelors and bachelorettes right now. Clap for yourselves. Y'all are really dope people. Like, the Gap Church is amazing. But so many of us are discounting ourselves because of these attributes. And I don't want to get into this, but I'm going to just say it. Stop being so familiar with yourselves. Stop being so familiar. I get the brother and sister in Christ thing, but for real, for real, y'all ain't related. You can marry him. That's the honest truth. That is the honest truth. I know we got a whole month to unpack this, but I just want to drop that in there. That especially, guys, you've been seeing, like, I know she a homie, but, like, if you really want to pursue her, do it. And let him pursue. Don't say, oh, you just why are you playing like that? Ugh. Like, deceive yourself. You have been praying for husband, and he's standing right there in front of you. Open your eyes. <laughs> I'm serious. So many of us are just concealing ourselves because we don't want it. And that's the thing is I always tell people that what you think you want is not what you need. That's not it. So you don't need Sierra's prayer. I want you to really destroy the list, right? Because if you can't even be the standard you desire, then destroy that. Destroy that. And I want you to be free, but per perhaps maybe God's going to give you a guy just like your dad, because that's what you need. Be sitting there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's okay. No, 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 no. It's okay. Let it, let it, let it. That just that's okay. That's okay. Some you'll get that when you get home. You don't understand. I'm not saying just like him, but you know, let's be honest. Let me be honest. I have I know have people that I talk to like they'll be telling me they're like, oh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I this guy. I'm always you know dating these broke guys. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, the problem isn't that they're broke. It's the problem that you have a father that's always taking care of you. So why don't you why don't you start dating generous men? He can be broke but generous. Hello. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, it's difficult for you to stay married to someone if you knew that you came from a household where your parents really nurtured you. They, before you need it, they've given it to you. You grew up on allowance. Why do you feel like you're going to be doing supper house with somebody else? That's the honest truth. I'm not saying that you should be attracted to someone that has new money. But consider that maybe you want to be with someone who is more generous. Because what you need is the generosity. It's not the provision. You understand what I'm saying?
So I want us to really dig deep this week, real quick, before, as we're rounding up. It says the work you need to do on yourself pre-marriage, while you're single, will continue and increase during marriage. The only difference is this work, when you're married, you have an audience now. So I want you to know that the work I'm asking you to do will not stop when you get married. You still got to do the work. You still got to improve yourself. You still want to make sure that you're healthy. You still want to make sure you're working on your finances. You still want to work through all the lapses that you have. The only difference is when you're married, you have an audience. So, so now you may have all the time in the world to figure your stuff out. But if you, when you're married and you have somebody right there, you might have to get, deal with your issues pretty quickly. You get what I'm saying? So before the pressure comes on you, deal with it now. So I have some homework for us. This week, I want you to ask yourself this question. What do you expect? What does God expect from me? I don't want you to be asking God, what kind of husband or wife should I marry? No, 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 no. I want you to ask him. Don't look at me right now. Put it, pull out the notes on your phone. I love, thank you, any that said this at the first service that so many of us will be giving these instructions out. You think it was me, it was the Lord that's directing me to tell you this for a purpose. So I want you to take this seriously. Write it down. Ask, God, what do you expect from me? What do you expect from me, God? The next question is, Lord, the list that I have, the desires that I have, does it please you? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Because some of you, I know you prayed over that list, but I want you to really ask him. Don't tell him to bless what you have, but ask him, is this even acceptable? And the last one is, what do I fear the most? This is a reflection point about marriage. What scares you about marriage? I want you to list all the things down. Maybe you're scared about divorce. Maybe you've been cheated on a lot. You're scared about infidelity. Write it down. I want you to write all your fears. Maybe you're, fear, you're scared about abuse, right? Or maybe you feel like, I won't be able to be myself. I feel like I have to suppress myself. I want you to write it all down. Let's stand to our feet. So two things real quick. This is not the kind of series you want to take lightly. I know we're not being super spiritual, more practical, but I want you to really encourage your friends to come to church this month. A lot of people are messing themselves up in this, and the devil knows what he's doing. So encourage people to come to church this month. Let's bow our heads right now. Quickly, I want you to pray for yourself that, Lord, I have heard all these words, and Lord, tell me what you need me to do with it this week. What does God need to reveal to you this week about all this? Maybe he needs to reveal certain patterns to you. Maybe he needs to reveal certain attributes about yourself to you. Ask God, please, what is it that needs to be revealed, Lord? Reveal it to me. Show me what I need to know. I don't want to be confused about this area of my life anymore. I want to get it right this time. And maybe you're here and you've heard all of the words I've said today and you know that you don't have a relationship with God for real. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ before or maybe you have and you've fallen off. If you would like to give your life to Christ today, I just want you to 
put your hand up. Keep your eyes closed and head bowed down. But go ahead and stretch up your hands if you would like to receive Christ today. All of these words need to be built on a foundation of being born again. So take a moment. I want you to reflect and put your hands up. We'll have someone come give you a card. Don't be shy. Merciful Father, I thank you so much for your people. I thank you, Lord, for everyone who's watching this online and those of us here in person. God, I thank you for this word. Thank you for bringing a timely word to our generation. Lord, I pray for the next three weeks, Lord, as we dive deeper into this subject matter. Holy Spirit, guide us. Lord, I pray for every single person that needs to be in this room. Call them forth. I pray for all of us who are even here right now who have fears and concerns and insecurities that, Lord, by the end of this month, there shall be evidence that we are truly free in the name of Jesus. Father, we worship you and we thank you for the Gap Church. We give you all the honor, the praise, and the adoration. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Clap it up, clap it up. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.